Praise be to God. We are grateful that we can come before the Lord our God and celebrate the great gift that God has given unto us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't give us an angel. He didn't give us anything less except his only begotten son. That's one of the reasons why during uh, the season of Christmas we give presents and gifts to others. Just as the Lord was uh, bundled up in swapping clothes, so we kind of wrap our gifts in order to give them to people. But we need to understand that those gifts only represent the best gift that God has given us. The gifts that we have received, they will pass away. Some of them will be broken, some of them will be given, some of them will be traded. But praise be to God, the best gift that we have received from the Lord, His only Son, will never fade away. He will always be there. He will continue to give on, uh, giving the salvation that God has given unto us. And tonight as we've heard the different readings from the Lord our God, basically the Lord is reminding us that we are to join many others in bringing the light of God into the darkness of others. Amen? We are to join many others in bringing the light of God in the darkness of others. God has brought us into the light. But we know how he brought us into the light. He sent someone to bring us that light. And uh, I, I'm really, you know, I, I, I really like what, what the scripture says here in uh, Isaiah 9. It says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shone. The people who sat in darkness, these are people who have no options. Okay? For them, they were living in darkness. They had a choice only between something that was bad and something that was worse. Okay? Somebody even said, why can't we dream of a better life? Perhaps someone would say, don't even think about it. It's not available. It's not possible. But then the scripture says, because of what Jesus Christ has done, a light has shown in the darkness. Suddenly, possibilities that were never there became a part of their choice in life. No longer are they trapped within the darkness, but now they can walk out in the freedom of the light of God. I remember when I was seeking God, I, you know, when I was in high school and I was in college, I was always taught by uh, my uncles, my relatives, my parents, it's important for me to get an education, and it is, okay? So that one day I could go to America, earn dollars, and uh, live out the American dream. Basically, the American dream is a life of abundance and prosperity. And one of my uncles was able to really do that. And he was like the hero of our family. And everyone looked at him. He's the model. He's the one you're going to look up to, aspire to become like his, like him, rather. Okay? And, and for a while, I was thinking about that. But then I started asking questions. Is this all there is to life? I mean, this is it, you know? I go to school, to kinder, to prepare for grade school. Why? So that I can prepare for high school. 
Why? So I can prepare for college. Why? For, so I can prepare for a life outside. I can get a job. Why? So I can provide for a family if I meet the one. At that time, I was still thinking. Who's the perfect one? Well, I found her. Or rather, she found me too. <laughs> then you grow old. You have kids. You, know, you bring them up. You love them. They get married. They leave you. <laughs> you become alone again. Then you die. And I was thinking, that's it. That's all there is. To, this is the only life that we know. You, you, you have to understand, I was growing up in the wild 70s. It was also the time of Woodstock. Okay? The time when the hippies were coming out. The time when they were crying out, uh, uh, drop up, <laughs> tune in, turn off. Okay? And, and we had different kind of slogans. Okay, and things like that. And they were complaining about uh, what a materialistic world this is. There's a war in Vietnam, and people are suffering, and the people are saying it's not working. Okay, and so they started seeking something else. And for a while, I tried to follow them, but it seems like what they were looking for was a dead end, also. I mean, just live out every day and just do whatever you want every day. It's such a dead end, okay? So I turn to spiritual things, except that it's the other side, okay? I turn to New Age, uh, magic. I found that there is another power out there. I found that we were not just trapped in natural laws in this world, that there was something else out there. And for a while, this thing kind of uh, was giving some kind of satisfaction for my seeking, except that I wasn't really getting satisfied. I thought that this was a way for me to reach God. Okay? I remember even having a book called The Sixth, The Seventh, The Eighth, The Ninth Book of Moses. Now we know Moses only wrote five books, right? Genesis to Deuteronomy, right? right? Okay, but I had something like this, and I thought it was something that Moses wrote. It wasn't. It's a book about spells, uh, conjuring demons, magic, things like that. And I remember the time that you know I, I called out to the Lord, Lord, all of these practices, I, I think, uh, I think, instead of giving me the satisfaction I need and the peace that I need, it's creating a confusion in me. And you know, Lord, if you're really there, if you're really true, okay, I ask, Lord, that you would help me find you. Reveal yourself to me. I thought I was in the light. But Jesus Christ says, uh, the light that you have is darkness, and how great is that darkness? And I remember going to an office one day in Wendy in Manila. And uh, I was there to attend a seminar because I was 
uh, selling some insurance, I need to understand how to sell it, how to I invite someone to get a medical checkup and things like that. And there was this doctor. His name was Dr. Chutiko. Still remember his name. And uh, he, was, he was a doctor and he was supposed to tell us how to uh, motivate people to get a check. And he was going to talk about certain conditions and things like that, how it would affect the insurance uh, a policy that I was selling, we were selling. And I remember while he was talking, he, he brought his medical bag. And he opened it. Then he got some stethoscopes and put it on him. And then he got a black book. So I thought it was a medical book. But then he opened the book and he started reading from John chapter 3. Okay? And I was thinking, this is a strange kind of uh, medical book. John chapter 3. And I heard for the very first time what he read. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This was December of 1982. Okay? And I remember while he was simply reading that, it was sending shock waves in my spirit. I didn't understand it. I thought it was some kind of powerful magic or something, but it was affecting me deeply. And then he started talking about this, how that God sent his only son, that this is not the only life that we have. Questions that I was asking. That there is another life out there. And that God has prepared something great for us. And if we are not trapped in the cycle of living out and grinding out a day-to-day -day living, because God has called us to a higher calling, the light began to shine in my darkness. And I remember I had questions. And uh, when he dismissed the class, I remember staying behind and asking, I'd like to ask you a few more questions about what you said, if that's okay with you. And he said, yeah, sure. I'll sit down here. And when everyone left, we sat down and I started asking questions and then, you know, I'm normally composed. I don't cry easy. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I can watch a drama and everybody's crying and I'm just sitting there like a stone. Well, I remember when I started asking, I mean, these were deep questions. I was embarrassed because I started crying. I tried to stop it, but I couldn't stop it. And he just kind of explained the gospel to me and led me in a very simple prayer of receiving Christ. Okay? In an office somewhere. Okay? And, and I remember he prayed for me and then from there he invited me to a life, uh, a life in the spirit seminar. And I came, and I remember in 1982, it's December 31, you know, uh, I, 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 I was sleeping like like it's 8 in the morning, I was still sleeping, I normally wake up about 10 o'clock, but God woke me up, and he said, I want you to burn these books, 
And I know what he was referring to. I had a whole shelf, two shelves of books dealing with magic, new age, occultism. And I remember calling my younger sister who's in the stage right now. And I asked her, help me to bring them down because I want to burn these books. God gave me instructions. And uh, I remember looking at this book, the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th book of Moses, and wondered, God, why in the world would you like me to burn something that Moses wrote? Not really knowing it wasn't Moses who wrote that. Okay? So I put it there. I lit some papers and put it there, but papers would go up. So I told my sister, get some gas. We have, we have some gas. Poured some gas, lit the match. Won't light. Flames would burn the edge and then it would be would snuff out. I throw fire, throw gas. I did something very dangerous. I kept pouring gas and then lit the fire. <laughs> that was bad. I shouldn't have done that. Could have had I could have had an accident, but somehow it wouldn't catch fire. And I said, Lord. I know you're the one who woke me up. I know you're the one who gave instructions to burn these things. But Lord, they won't burn. Maybe it's not your will, you're just testing me. Maybe it's really not your will for these books to burn. And then I heard what he said, use the name. I was thinking, name? What name? I still had not learned about the name of Jesus. I was asking the Lord, what do you mean? Use the name. Whose name? Okay. And while I was thinking that, suddenly it flashed in my memory the prayer that someone prayed. They would pray and then they would end their prayer in the name of Jesus. I was thinking, maybe is that what you mean? So I said, uh, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> No conviction, no faith. But the moment I said that, it burst into flames. That thing, the waste can, burst into flames. And it started burning. And my sister said, Dick, you're really weird. You're on your own. Okay, and she left me. And from that time on, I knew that there was a power out there. There was an invisible world out there. That this life we are in is not the only life. God has given us options. Someone cared enough, you know, he was supposed to give a business presentation, but in the middle of that, he gave the gospel which brought light to me. And when I said I needed to talk to you, he made time for me and made sure that the light of God entered into my consciousness and drove away the darkness. And from that time on, I, I was so grateful to God, I told him, Lord, you can use me anyway, anytime, wherever you want me. So far, God has been uh, leading me to many kind of adventures. And, and basically, this is something that we're celebrating today. Because we find in scripture here, it says, for you, a savior has been born. We are not trapped into the grind of life. We are not trapped in a hopeless reality. We are not trapped in a miserly existence. But because God has given us a Savior, He has opened heaven unto us. When Jesus Christ came, heaven broke into our world. 
You understand what I'm saying? Hello? Too much lecture plan, some of you. Okay? And uh, he said, the angels made an announcement. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid for unto you a Savior has been born. And then we hear Titus. He says, for unto us the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. It's not something that's being promised to be given. It's something that is already here. And when we talk about grace, it's not just unmerited favor, but it is the ability, uh, God's willingness to use his ability in our behalf. By his grace, he saves us by his mighty power. And by his grace, he gives us the ability and the strength to live the kind of lives he wants us to live. And he says that this grace has been given to us. See, many people have a misunderstanding of the grace of God when Christ is born. They thought that by the grace of God, they can do whatever they want and get to heaven anyway. Okay? They think that they can live out an LGBT life intentionally, okay, willfully, and expect to go to heaven anyway, because God is a gracious God. They think they can just murder babies, okay, because they have to live their own lives and not suffer the consequences of that. But according to Titus, he says there, the grace of God has appeared to us first to save us, but then not only that, but to save us from the loss of this world, from living a life of wickedness so that we might live lives of righteousness, that we might live our lives as lights in the kingdom of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? He gives us the power, the ability, and the strength to live as children of God now in the midst of a crooked generation. I mean, things don't have to become perfect for us to be able to live the life of God, the life of salvation, to be able to broadcast to others, this is what God can do for you. Okay? He's able to give us that in the midst of a crooked, so that we can do this in the midst of a crooked generation. That we can become light in the midst of darkness, and in, by living as light, we scatter the darkness from before us. People are amazed at Christmas. They say, well, it's magical. But if you're going to really look at Christmas, uh, it's, it's not, you know, things don't proceed in the natural. First of all, you've got a barren couple who are too old, who suddenly are visited by an angel, or well, at least the husband was, while he was performing his duties in the temple. And they were given the command by the angel, even though you're beyond childbearing, God's going to give you the ability to bear a child. And then, same angel visits a maiden and tells her, you're going to be pregnant with God's child. Okay? And then after that, you find a star that's behaving like a satellite being programmed 
with a destiny. I mean, stars don't behave that way. Okay? And you've got kings or magis or wise men, not really sure where they came from, but somehow they came from a very far away place. And somehow they knew they were going to find someone who's born a king, born a priest, who would give his life for us. And instead of going to the palace of kings then and knowing where to find the address of this, they were led into a simple manger. Okay? There they find a mother who is a virgin. Okay? I mean, you know, you could be a virgin first, then a mother afterwards. You can't be a mother, then a virgin afterwards. It's not natural. And then they find a baby who is God. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, how strong are babies? Can they feed themselves? Can babies feed themselves? Can they defend themselves from their enemies? Can they take care of themselves? I mean, think about this. This is God who takes care of us. This is God who defends us. This is God who protects us. And all of a sudden, his creation looks as God. And they need to protect their God. I mean, the angels before Christ came probably looked at him all the time. And they worship him. And there were, uh, when there was a, an angel rebellion in heaven, God threw out this fallen angel. Okay? I mean, God doesn't need angels in heaven to defend himself. God doesn't need angels in heaven to defend the kingdom of heaven. God doesn't need angels in heaven to defend his throne. He just speaks and he, this, God, this fallen angel is thrown out of heaven. I mean, these are angels looking to God for the very existence and sustenance. Now, here they were looking at their creator in baby form. And they knew that we have to do what we can to protect him. Whoever has thought of a God so helpless. Do you understand what I'm saying? God entered into our world and became like one of us. There was nothing normal or ordinary about such an event. How can a virgin be a mother and still remain a virgin? How can she bear a child without a, a human father? How can God be a baby? How can a star move as if it had intelligence? Okay? There was nothing natural about this. But this shows us the greatness, the awesomeness of our God. This is the reason why during Christmas we can expect the unexpected. We can trust God for miracles. We know that the light that's shown in the darkness is greater than the darkness. We know that the grace of God that has appeared for all men is a grace that is able to bring us the fulfillment that we need, we want, and what we long for. It is able to sustain us in this world. It is able to fill our lives with meaning. It is able to give us the meaning the significance that we're looking for. 
in this part. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, is able to lead us into life that is higher than what we have right now. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Because of Christmas. And many of us have experienced that. Right? But then we need to understand, just as someone brought the light to us, delivered us from the darkness that we lived in, so God wants us to bring this light to others and deliver them from the darkness that they find themselves in. Don't be afraid, because whatever the darkness, the light of God that you bring to them is greater than the darkness. Christmas is about giving. God gave us a son. Now that we have the son, we must give him to somebody else. Amen? I'll let you learn something tonight. Praise God, let's all stand together. And let's proclaim the creed.